up, guys? David James Young here, back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. I told you I'd be back soon. I'm finally trying to get this shit back in motion, doing my absolute best. So please, please, please bear with me as we try and maintain a semi-regular schedule from here on out. But I just have so, so much to share with you. I've been doing some of my favorite episodes and interviews uh, so far, and uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing them with you over the next couple of months before we wrap up for 2017. It is Friday, we are gearing up for the next installment of the Yours and Owls Festival in beautiful, beautiful Wollongong, and you bet your ass that Barbands is back once again, getting in a few chats with some of the marquee acts of the festival. We had so, so much fun doing that one last year and can't wait to do it all again. In the meantime, though, uh, this is a chat uh, from back in July with Jeremy Bohm. Uh, you would know Jeremy best as the front person of Touche Amore, uh, probably one of the biggest acts of, I guess, the screamo slash emo slash post-hardcore, whatever, kind of revival that's been taking place throughout the late 2000s into the 2010s. They've been coming here for, I want to say, the better part of five, six years, and they have a huge, huge response every time they come through. Uh, This was their biggest Sydney show to date at the Factory Theatre, and Jeremy took a bit of time while uh, previous guests of the show Turnover were sound checking, you might actually hear a little bit of them playing the song Supernatural uh, in the background while we are recording. <laughs> kind of comes up and he's just like, hey, is that Turnover? Yes, yes, it is absolutely Turnover. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this was a really, really great one. Jeremy is just a diehard music nerd. And even after we... Uh, stopped recording like we were talking for ages and ages and ages about various bands and various shows and like rare records that he had and stuff like that uh there's a mention of hybrid theory which was the band that lincoln park was before lincoln park and obviously this all took place before uh the tragedy occurred with lincoln park so it was kind of eerie that it was getting brought up at that point but uh yeah Huge, huge chat today with Jeremy Baum from Touche Amore. Can't wait to share it with you. Before we get into it, just want to quickly remind you, this is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast. Whatever you can do to help get the word out there is so, so very appreciated. So if you uh, like this podcast, but maybe don't have a little bit of money, that is completely fine. A couple of things you can do is rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you download your podcast from, whatever podcatcher you may use. Let people know what we're doing. If they're a fan of one of the bands we're talking about, say if you've got a friend that's really into Touche Amore, say, hey, would you like to listen to Touche Amore's singer talk about all of the cool stuff that they've done for the last few years in about 45 minutes? And the answer would probably be, yeah, of course. I'm not stupid. And you'd be like, oh, well, in that case, check this shit out. It'd be great. It'd be beneficial for everybody. If you do have a couple of dollars to spare, even even if you have a dollar to spare per month, 
As little as $1 a month, you can help support this podcast and keep the whole thing running over at Patreon. We have a bunch of absolute legends helping to support this podcast and keep it running. And they're all so, so very appreciated. And if you would like to join that group of legends for as little as $1 a month, then you can. You can head over to patreon.com slash barbands. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. If you want to get at me, you can do so at barbandspod at gmail.com. B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. We're on Facebook. All my friends are in barbands or A-M-F-A-I-B-B-P-O-D. All my friends are in barbands.com. Twitter at barbandspod. Same Spelling, etc., etc. You know what the deal is. You know what's going down. Here we are. Episode 87, I think. Good grief. We're heading into triple figures, people. We are hurtling towards it. But before we get there, let's have a chat with Jeremy Baum from Touche Amore. friends are in Barbans. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Jeremy Baum. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. How are you? I'm not too shabby. Thank you very much for asking. It's Friday night. We're here at the Factory Theatre and Touche Amore are back in Australia uh, with previous guests of the show, Turnover and Endless Heights. How's the show's been going so far? Uh, it's been fun. It's um, day three or like day six or something but <laughs> somewhere in between no, no, including travel but, right yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the third show of the tour it's been really really fun I'll be honest or maybe I'm projecting maybe it's me but it's always felt like Australia is a little bit of a harder place for us it can be definitely where and it's, and it's always been interesting because we have some brother bands friends bands you yeah. know, sister bands that that kill it here and you always think like oh it's like well we have the same group of kids I would assume and mm. then you know, you come back and it's and the shows are fine. They're fun. They're fine and all that. Mm, but yeah. But then you see like how other band shows are. You're like, huh? Maybe, what's this, what's the story? What did we do? But um. But that being said, this trip so far, mm. two two shows in, it's been I feel like the best it's been. So I'm I'm That's thankful awesome. and I'm happy. So yeah, it's always difficult because. You, you you don't want to compare yourself to anyone else, but the it's second you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that Lemuria lyric, you'll never feel successful until all your friends fail. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a brutal line, but I, a lot of speed is a great example. Like, oh, sure. They're a band that have just, since the first time they come over here, it's been just a massive thing. It's and, been and, ridiculous, yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so just it's it's hard not to sometimes put ourselves in their shoes and be like, "What's this? like? We're the I thought we were the same group of kids." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you have to realize, no, we actually are very, very different in a lot of ways too. So, sure, sure. But yeah, like I said, this tour has been been really, really awesome so far. So I'm having a good time. Well, that's a positive start. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we spoke of a few months back uh, for Mixdown Magazine, and at that time, you had mentioned that you had never properly met the Turnover guys before. Right. 
Um, how, how have they been to tour with? Awful. I hate them. I, I knew it. Terrible people. <laughs> they're, no, on, they're on this They're on this last year, and they were stoned out of their minds, and it was hilarious. Was that you I talked to? Yeah, 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 yeah I remember this. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I had met Danny um, in New York uh, the last night of our U.S. tour that ended a couple... Like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, met him very briefly, and he was very mm. kind. But I didn't get it. You know, it wasn't like a, a formal good conversation. It was just some brief. But um, yeah, met all of them the first day here, and they're they're a joy to be around. Very kind. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like that it's another kind of odd couple tour, the same way that the the Every Time I Die tour was kind of an yeah. odd couple tour for you guys. I feel like that's our lane. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, I, you know, I joke, I, I just did an interview the other day where I said something similar, but I've, I've said it a lot where <clears throat> when it comes to festivals, we're either like this, the softest band at the metal festival yeah. or the hardest band at the hipster festival. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's never really like never. an in-between. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's where we thrive, I guess. In a lot of instances, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to talk about yourself in a way where it sounds yeah. grandiose, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we do a tour with a band like how in the past we've done tours, the bands like Circus Survive or like AFI, yeah, where you get a lot of impressionable kids who maybe don't know about aggressive music, really. Mm, mm, you know, mm. maybe maybe their older brothers taking them to the show, their right, older yeah. sisters taking yeah, yeah, them to the yeah. show, something, and they've probably or not probably, but there's a there's a chance, an underlining chance that they haven't seen something as aggressive as us mm. and then they see it and then they're it's like intriguing you know it's like oh whoa like that's yeah. that's the most aggressive thing i've ever seen yeah. that's the wildest thing i've ever seen and then that can take someone down a new path and yeah. i think, and i think that um i think the touche has been that to a lot of people you're I think, a gateway drug yeah i mean when it comes to hardcore i feel like every few years there's gonna be there's like the band that sort yeah. of is the introductory band yeah sure sure <laughs> That you know, once they find better stuff, then they say, then they, then they pretend they never listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, like before, I feel like before, like Touche and like Defeater and like that section, because that this that's half that's moved on now. Now mm. it's Turnstile. Now yeah. Turnstile's like the thing. But before us, I think it was like Have Heart. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. every couple of years, it's like that kind of a thing. Which is, if we made any sort of a difference like that, I think that's really flattering and cool. But fucking it. But uh. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've been a quote-unquote hardcore kid since I was 17, and I'm sure. 34 now. So, yeah, like, I've right. seen the waves and how they're coming. It's funny, mm. also, not... It's interesting, we're at a time, too, where, like, there is the turnstile, where it feels like hardcore is <clears throat> very fun and free right now, which is yeah. great, which is, like, a really fun thing to see. It's just about that. But then, on the other side, metalcore is making such a big comeback. With bands <laughs> right? Like, like, Who saw that coming? Like, like, Code Orange sounds like... So many records that I yeah, liked totally. when I first got into And they're on Roadrunner now. So yeah. it's, just like... it's wild. <laughs> it's really, really wild. So it's bizarre. It's an interesting thing to always sit back and watch, but it makes me excited still. So Yeah, fucking A. Absolutely. So I begin these by talking about the initial interest in music, uh, specifically where it changed from something that maybe you were listening to on the radio or on MTV or yada, 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 to being something that you actually wanted to do. Like, was there a particular moment at a show watching a music video or anything like that where you're just like I want to be a musician 100% there was exactly that it was I think it was I think it was like nine eight or nine years old right and it was uh the Pearl Jam music video for Even Flow oh shit came out and it had and Eddie Vedder 
jumps off the side railing. I remember and that. It, yeah, into a crowd. it's in like super slow mo. <laughs> exactly, his hair's flying in yeah, the yeah, wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the flannel and the, the yeah. brown shorts. But uh, that to me, like, it, rock music intrigued me. Or like I, when I was very, very young, I liked like Michael Jackson, like a lot of other kids. Yeah, yeah, and, of course. Um, but then, but then it was like Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden yeah. and all that stuff. But like. I remember watching the Evenflow video and seeing him jump into the crowd, and I just remember thinking, like, I don't know what that is. I don't know how that works, but I want to do Ooh. that. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Burbank, California, um, which is L.A. It's, it's, right, it's just like one yeah. of the suburban it's, it's, areas. Like, it's, it's funny. It's not. It's in L.A. County, but mm. it's not considered... It's funny because it, it has its own police department, and it has its own... Uh, power plant so right. so because of that it's like not la jurisdiction like we don't have lapd right, right. so we have burbank pd mm. and where i live now which is right next door to burbank is glendale and glendale also is like that which is just super bizarre right but yeah i mean it's la like i if i had to be if i wanted to be specific i would say burbank but yeah like it's yeah, from, yeah from los angeles yeah three, right. three of the five of us are from burbank right okay did you kind of go into into the city to to see shows and stuff like that or was there <laughs> stuff going on in your local area like it's funny uh, in the burbank town ordinance there's a thing that says no punk shows <laughs> no shit i swear to god like, yeah yeah, like, like, yeah exactly so when we were in when i was in like high school i'm, I'm a few years older than the guys on my band right and, so when I was in high school, mm. we all, my, so I went to John Burroughs High School, mm. uh, Tyler and Clayton went to Burbank, but I graduated 2001, so I graduated way before them. Sure, but right, right, right. They, uh, my high school was very metal. Like, all the, uh, all the local yeah. bands in my high school were all metal bands. I played in metal bands, it was all metal bands. No shit. And then Burbank was, Burbank High was all, like, pop punk bands and shit oh, like that oh sure so uh so our school like there would be the talent shows and shit like that but then mm. we, we there was a, a veterans hall like a that you could rent out mm. that we would do shows at um just like our shitty local metal bands um but I just but when it, but around that time when it would come to like going to shows it would mean getting your friend the drives to go yeah. down to into Hollywood to go to the Sunset Strip to go see someone play at the Roxy or the yeah, Whiskey right. Go Go or the yeah, Troubadour yeah, yeah. yeah like the Troubadour used to have these things where for on Monday nights it was five dollars if you were under twenty one if you were wow, over twenty one nice. it was free yeah. and this was uh, I'm dating myself here a lot <laughs> but this was this was the late nineties where or. Yeah, mid to late 90s where uh, new metal was like still very oh, huge sure yeah and or like it was beca- it was like really really becoming on the way off yeah so being from where I'm from um, I saw and hat like I sold a lot of it off just because I found it uh, at my mother's house but um, I mean I saw System of a Down Static X uh, Linkin Park when they were Hybrid Theory Shit. like all of that stuff like play all of these venues <laughs> yeah. and I got all their I had I had the System of a Down cassette tape the Static oh, cassette man. tape I that, sold, would go, that would go for a killing now I sold I sold most of it I sold the Hybrid Theory demo a demo CD for 350 bucks holy shit yeah like like it's just it's just so funny that I I I'm a, such a pack rat that it's hard for me to throw things away. Yeah, usually. totally. So when I found all that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's kind of what I grew up around, like like going to a lot of like metal shows. Yeah, and right. Being very much a metalhead. And yeah. then it was it's funny we mentioned Roadrunner Records a second ago. Mm. It was actually Roadrunner that kind of got me into hardcore because I I assume you're a big 
music nerd as well. Sure, it's yeah. Where, um, how old are you? I'm 27. 27, okay, so, I mean, I would, I don't know if you went through this too, but I would discover bands be through the catalog? Through, through, like, thank you lists. Yeah, and, right! And, or just what other bands are on this label, so. Yeah, 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 totally. So because I liked Sepultura and Fear Factory and all mm, these bands that mm, are on Roadrunner, I would buy, I would go to a record shop and I'd see a Vision of Disorder CD on right. Roadrunner Records. Yeah, yeah. Used for a couple bucks. So I'd buy it, uh. and then I didn't realize it was a hardcore band. So I, I, you know, I started listening to this band and not realizing it was a hardcore band. Yeah. And then also, I remember getting the Ozfest '96 oh. VHS, <laughs> which had like Earth Crisis and Neurosis and all oh, these bands shit. on it. So I saw Earth Crisis in that, and I was like, I don't know what this band is. Yeah. But they don't have a gimmick like mm. a lot of the bands at that time. Yeah. They're they just look like tough dudes in camo camo pants. And they have X's on their hands, like I don't know, and it's more aggressive than anything else yeah. in this tape. Yeah. So I bought their I found their C D, the uh Season Ends record, and it was on Victory Records, learned about straight edge, and then just fell down the K hole of Victory Records with like <laughs> Strife and Snapcase and Dead Guy and Bloodlight and that's how you like, found hardcore. I think that's the first time that Straight Edge and K-Hole's been used in the same sentence. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's that was pretty much everything. That's wild. I, I, I do want to quickly go back and, and and hone in on your metal phase for a second though. Sure. What can you tell me about the, the metal bands you were kicking around in? Were you playing guitar? Playing guitar, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I started playing guitar in junior high. Uh, I yeah, singing was never anything that I thought I could ever do. Yeah, um, sure. So I uh, yeah, I, I started playing guitar poorly. And I feel like there's two kinds of kids that play guitar. At least, especially at that time. I don't know yeah. about now, but there's the kids that that learn guitar playing fucking Nirvana and No Effect songs, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where it's like bar chords and that's yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's kids that learn guitar trying to play Metallica solos, mm. and the kids that play Metallica solos are very proficient, oh, amazing yes. guitar players. And then the kids who did the other thing are in hardcore bands. Yep. So, you know what I'm saying? It's Sometimes like, I end up in bands together and it's yeah. very interesting. Right, right. That's, that's when you get bands like Power Trip. Probably. Yeah, exactly, but, exactly. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's... Uh, that I, I My limited abilities took me only so far. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I inevitably wanted to start singing. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I played in... A lot of I played in a lot of really badly named metal bands. What are we know? talking? Oh god, victim of atrocity. Oh, shrapnel. What uh, <laughs> yeah. some other good ones? Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot. Of, you know, just like the bands that like you and your friends start that oh, like yeah. can't really do much, but you're yeah. you're trying to hold it together. It's just like we're a fucking band, man. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So what was the first time that you ever played live? Uh, junior high at a talent show. Yeah, it was Victim of Atrocity. Okay. And we did a cover of Blind from Corn. Fuck yes. This would have been 1996. Oh man. So yeah, that right. That first record came out in 96. Is that an A? Like, is that like drop A or something? It's it's oh, super. I'll like... tell you this. Whatever it is, we didn't do it right. <laughs> I'll tell you that right. Now. It, it was. I was definitely wearing an Adidas jumpsuit. <laughs> and I was playing a, a fucking Stratocaster. Just like, no, I probably had no idea what tuning it was supposed Whoa. to be in. And then the other, the other two guys I played in a band with, uh, they, 
we were all big Marilyn Manson fans too, but like oh, sure, they yeah. looked the part of Marilyn Manson and I looked the part of Jonathan Davis, so we looked very <laughs> fucked in general. Did you have the kilt? Uh, no, no, no. I just did. The, I just did the track pants. But uh, but I know somewhere, some uh, maybe it's gone now because uh, moving everything out of my mom's house. But like yeah. there, there was there was definitely video evidence of that tragedy. Oh man! Um, but yeah, it's funny. So that'd be a collector's item. <laughs> Uh, it's funny the dude Sean who yeah. played who played uh, bass in that band. Yeah, um, we reconnected a couple years ago. We, yeah. we actually hang out quite often. But he ended up playing in a band called uh, Fuck. What was it called? It was uh, West Borland's band okay. after Limp Bizkit. Oh shit! Uh, Black, Black Light Burns. Oh yeah. Yeah, something yeah, like something that. Something like yeah. that. It was like some random thing that he Fuck, did. Fuck, no kidding. Yeah, so it's just, it's it's so, so funny. So he did that. All, it's funny, a lot of the kids that I played in bands with in that in my high school area all kind of like did some crazy stuff. Like yeah, um, right. a really good friend of mine uh, named Tommy went on to play for Adam Lambert. No shit, And yeah. do you remember the, the, when it was like the media was freaking out because Adam Lambert made out with his guitar player on stage? Did you, does it sound familiar to you? Oh, yeah. Like, it's like a, a really big deal, like, Yeah, years ago. yeah. It's like, just like, oh, I don't know like, how to tell you this. You know, he's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the dude he made out with was, was my boy Tommy. And I, hey. I was just like, that's so cool. Good that's for you, Tommy. Fucking, now he's in Queen, so... Like, right, Adam Lambert, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tommy's not in Queen. But, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's funny. It's, it's cool to see where everyone kind of ended up in our music, little weird music circle. Yeah, right. So, high school ends, the metal phase kind of dies out. Yeah. I'm still a metalhead kid. Oh, yeah, sure. Heart. It's, yeah. Always, it's always in the back it's of your mind, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same. it's the same with me. Like, I'll always try and pretend, like, you know, it's just like, oh, pff, you know, I was a kid, whatever. Drowning Pool came to Australia last year, and I'm just like, I have to go. Oh <laughs> they awesome. were on this podcast. That was one of the weirdest things oh I've ever done. Wow. <laughs> wow. Talking to them about, like, playing at WrestleMania and shit like oh, that. Was, I was, like, Christ. marking out, you know, I was like, holy shit, that's, oh, that's actually awesome. them, you know? That's awesome. But, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, um, like, the kind of stuff you were doing before Touche kind of kicked off. Like, so, I, okay, so the, uh, the last band that I did in high school went on way into, like, you know, my early 20s, right. uh, and it changed names, and it went through different members, and it was just a thing that just, like, couldn't die. <laughs> like, it's just, like, like it, it was, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. What, uh, did, that, what did that end up being called? So, at first it was Stricken, okay. which is, like, not a, a good band name at all, <laughs> and then, and then it became Thriller, and yes. Thriller uh, was the end the people who were in stricken towards the end with a new singer and we Ooh. just were like we've taken this name too far like we just need a new name and yeah. we have a new singer and blah 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 and it was sort of like <laughs> it was sort of like an every time i die e sort of mixed with like dancey shit and it's so funny because we were influenced by stuff like The Faint and mm. Two and Not You oh, and like shit. stuff like that. Yes. Uh, but like, uh, but like, trying to be aggressive with it. Mm. And we never had keyboards or anything like that. We tried to do it all with like synth pedals yeah. and whatever. Um, but we've always like my guitar player Nick. He always he's always made the joke, uh, or one of us made the joke first about because obviously maybe like in mid two thousands all those like really terrible swoop hair warped tour bands oh, like yeah. all start all started doing like the dancey. EDM sounding shit yes. in the middle of their breakdowns. So we jokingly say that we were the Fugazi of all that bullshit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, it, that that band was called Thriller. We put out like an EP, and then we did some like really fucking 
ridiculous touring where this was a special time in the music industry, which will likely never be seen again. Yeah. Where uh, if you were popular on MySpace, mm. like if you have enough plays on MySpace, yeah. you felt that you could book a tour. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, fucking a. So we would book tours through MySpace, basically being like, let us come play your fucking small, weird hometown. Like... Look, if I was to look at all of our tour dates, it'd be incredible. It's like, oh, I see you guys are playing in Oregon. You must be playing Portland. And you're like, nah, man, Eugene. Like, <laughs> like, like, oh, like, oh, you're playing in California. Are you playing LA? It's like, nah, man, Riverside. Like, <laughs> like we, we were the, we were the, like, you know, B market. And mm. then you could say, even say things could be C market. You know, this, yeah. we, we were the kings of F market. Like, Fucking hell. So uh, we did a lot of really, really rough touring uh, in like a van that we bought off of a gardener for $600. Uh, no air conditioning. Just like, but you know, it, it was the tour boot camp that prepared me. And that band, I'm so thankful for all of those experiences because when I started Touche, it was like I had the base rules of, like, what am I not going to do? Yeah. Like, it taught me a lot, like, all the things not to do as yeah, a band. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, what was, what was the lowest point of that? Like, how bad did oh, things God. get on that so tour? Bad. So bad. I mean, at the end, when I, I ended up quitting, and the band went on for, like, another year or something. Funny enough, the drummer, the original drummer of Touche quit Touche to join Thriller. No which shit. Which is very, huh. his name was uh, Z, Jeremy Zupnik. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh... <laughs> I'm glad that worked out. And uh, <laughs> so he, yeah, like, I, it was like towards the end, like, oh, actually, like, here's a good low point. We were on tour with Horse the Band. Oh, wow. And That's a name I haven't done in a while. Yeah, exactly. Touche shared a practice space with them up until like two years ago. No shit. Yeah, they're they're from like Burbank area, Fucking like a, old nice. friends. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we were on tour with Horse the Band and... We, I mean, this was a time where, like, if we had $500, we thought we were the richest band. You know, yeah. like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, we, yeah. we can put gas in our tank that we don't have to pay for ourselves. So, our van broke down in Oregon, and uh, half of them went in... All, everyone but me went with Horse the Band, like, got in their van, and went with Horse the Band to Vegas, even though the, day, the show got canceled. And I hopped in with this other band we were on tour with called Makoto. Okay. And we drove to the show, which was the next day, which was Bakersfield. Mm. And um, this is actually, this is really kind of crazy to be talking about this right now. Uh, we started a segue. A really good friend of ours at home just died in a van accident oh, yesterday. Yeah. And the house that I stayed at that night in Bakersfield, that was the night I met this guy, Chris, who right. ended up just unfortunately passing yesterday. We drove, stayed at this guy Chris's house in Bakersfield. And then when they went to Vegas... They took all of our money and put it on the roulette table and and lost it all. Oh, no. So now we have no money and our van is broken down in Oregon. Oh, no. So uh, I quit and I went home and they had to go deal with that. Fucking hell. Yeah, I was just like, I can't. I can't do this. (laughs) That is not a straw breaking any camel's back. That is a metric ton on the back of a fucking camel. I I was just like, it sucked too because like the, one of the dudes in that band was like, was like very much my best friend and then it just sort of fell apart. But like he and I now, we're all friends again. Like we've all, we've all hung out, gone out to dinner a bunch. It's cool. Like the kid, Kevin, who sang, who sang in that band, he, uh, 
he's he's always been a writer. Like he's written for Comedy Central and all sorts of right, stuff like sure, that. Right, sure, yeah. And his older brother, actually, Kyle, he plays for Father John Misty in Father John Misty now, which is <laughs> super cool. Yeah, wow. He used to be in that band Amberlin too way oh, back when. Oh, fucking hell! Yeah, so that's uh, a guy who quote unquote managed my old band. Right. Also managed uh, Acceptance. And oh, accept- sure. And he was in Acceptance. He was like, hey, this guy's little brother's moving to L.A. Like, you should sing in this band. So, right. Whatever. This is definitely the most I've ever talked about that band. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's on the record now. You never there have you to go. do it again. <laughs> Tell us about the first two Shamora show. Uh, we played a house uh, in Pasadena. Um, front room of a house. It's called the 580 House. We played there one or two more times. But it was just like, you know, punk house that yeah. thankfully was on a... In, it was on a... Uh, a street with a bunch of businesses that all closed at five so like Ooh. shows could happen and there was no one really there to complain um but it was fun we did an american nightmare cover and yes. all of our friends were there i mean there's photos from that show and it just gets me so excited seeing like all the faces in that room it's really really cool like there's a lot of really good friends in that room yeah yeah, yeah. at what point like with that band obviously things kind of like touring wise obviously got to a much bigger place like than your previous band did like at what point did you kind of start realizing that there was kind of maybe something to this band maybe a bit more momentum than maybe you'd originally anticipated when you first started out with the band i think we did i think it was a show that we did at chain reaction we had played there once or twice and it was like not that good there wasn't a lot of people there but then we played there with the Hope Conspiracy. We got to do a short run with them. Oh, awesome. And, and it was, like, very crazy. Yeah. And I, and I just remember being like, what is happening? I don't know if it was the Hope Con show. It was definitely a show of Chain Reaction. But then also San and Fury 2009 was, like, a really big thing, too. Like, we were getting to play this festival and, like, kind of be accepted among all these bands that we admire or yeah. whatever. And then... We play and, and there's kids singing along and it's it's really quite nuts. And it was actually that show that Trey, who does Death Wish, saw us at and then approached us moments after our set and was yeah, like, hey, right. what's the story? What are you guys doing? <laughs> Became friends and then inevitably ended up on Death Wish. But um, yeah, actually, you know, I'll say Sound and Fury 2009. That kind of really was it because we had only been a band for a year. You, you mentioned kind of having a better idea of what to do yeah. touring-wise. So it was... The first Touche tour kind of, I don't know, a little safer, like you kind oh, of knew sure. where to go and stuff like we that. Did, we did two West Coast tours, which were very, like, straightforward, like, just up the coast and back down. But, I mean, there were some bad shows on it, too, you know? Mm. Sometimes that's just unavoidable. I mean, some of the things, just, like, right off the bat, like, to not do that previous bands have done, it's like, I'll sometimes get asked by someone, like, what's some advice you can give? And, like, the big one is don't overplay your hometown. Yeah. And, and I say, they will get sick of you. Yeah, I was like, I was like, or like, yo, your coworkers and your friends don't want to come see you every weekend. Mm. Play the same venue a hundred times. Like, yeah. so I was like, so when Touche started, I think we only played uh, like we played like less than fifteen shows our first year because yeah, it was right. just like I luckily had sort of befriended a lot of different promoters in town, so. I only wanted us to play when there was, like, bands that we could sonically compare to were in town that we could, you know, open for or whatever. So that we could be seen and, like, play along with people that, you know, sonically make sense as opposed to just, you know, playing the same venue over and over. So, yeah, like, uh, one of our first, like, in our first handful of shows we played, I remember, with, like, Trash Talk and, like, Trapped Under Ice and all these bands. Yeah. And, uh... 
but then we also were playing with like cool screamo bands that were coming to town like we did shows with like La Chiette and um from Italy and uh Spam Phoenix Bodies um and uh I don't know yeah it was just sort of there's so many different venues at that time like LA LA or Southern California in general is like pretty impossible to keep a DIY space open longer than like six months because yeah cops want to shut things down and Obviously, then, and, then yeah. and then on top of that uh kids can't have nice things they <laughs> they'll always ruin it one oh, way or another whether yeah. it's like underage drinking that's not you know policed at all or yeah. like I know it's like fucking taboo to say policed and DIY and the same thing but like <laughs> you know what I mean like it was oh, just, yeah, it was just like it. it was just like you know you get too comfortable and then you, things slip and then all of a sudden you have uh, something terrible happen to your venue and then it's gone so, so um, yeah I mean we we did our first West Coast tour like shortly after our demo came out and um, we did a CD version of it and then No Sleep pressed it and that was the thing where I had met Chris who does No Sleep Records because he was working at Rev um, with my best friend Joey who does 6131 Records right yeah so um, Chris Hansen uh, I had met and I know he did a label at that point. He had only put out a handful of things. And that year, he had just put out, I think, the first Wonder Years CD. Yeah. And then he was uh, going to start working with Lotus Butte pretty soon. And I hit him up and was like, hey, man, like, maybe, would you want to press this on 7-inch? And he was like, sure, yeah. why not? So I was like, cool. Perfect. And um, we did that 7-inch with him, and that was kind of the start of things. And then uh, I remember our drummer quit. Uh, Z quit, but he said he would be down to record the album um, for Dead Horse, but we didn't know who was going to put it out. And then I remember yeah. talking to Joey, who does 613, and being like, yeah, I don't know who's going to put out this record. Not trying to imply anything. And he goes, yeah. he's just like, I'll do it. And I was like, <laughs> are you sure? He's like, yeah, why not? I'm like, And at that, because at that point, like, I mean, he had like Cruel Hand and Blacklisted and like, yeah. like, like, like he was putting out like credible, cool, yeah. hardcore bands and yeah. I've never felt like we were ever that. Mm. When he offered to do it, it was, it was like a very cool, cool, cool thing and yeah. that kind of started everything. I mean, this band has always been one that's like, like we've kind of talked about. You've kind of been a, been a square peg in a round hole in a lot of places yeah. playing with like, you know, heavier bands and like bands outside of what you sound like and you sure. know being on the same label as bands that you sound like is was that something you were kind of uncertain about at the start where you're just like oh really like us like you want to do shows with us or like do stuff with us but then realize oh you know like it, it just kind of transcends yeah. like you know like there is there's a common thread through all of it you know there's something that brings all those kind of bands together yeah it's funny I, it's hard to it, it's it's really an interesting thing I uh it's always been a very flattering thing when things like that have worked out. I mean, getting to do, like, go from a tour in Europe with Converge to, like, flying in and doing then a tour with Circus Survive. It's like, yeah. that's really absurd that that somehow worked. You know, I think there's something to be said when you can stand on your own. Like, when... It seems scary sometimes to be the odd thing. You know, like like you said, a, a square... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but then, in the moment, you don't think about it, but, like, there are times when that can actually help because you do stand out and you mm. do and you do seem different. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I was just talking with Turnover about because they just played Sound and Fury this year. Yeah, right. And I was telling them, I'm like, I guarantee you, you, whether you guys realize or not, like we're probably everybody's favorite set that day, whether they they'll admit to it or not. Just because, <laughs> just because you were different. Like mm. if you watch ten hardcore bands in a row, like oh. it's fucking jarring. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's <laughs> jarring. Like, like 
wild sets are fun to watch. Like having yes. to watch kids go nuts and everything like yeah. that. But it's like still like if you've been listening to six hours straight of just like the same thing, like it, it, yeah. it, it so then all of a sudden turnover gets on stage and starts playing. It's like yeah. I would be kissing their feet. <laughs> like thank you. You know, that's what Touche was in 2009. And I remember Self-Defense Family back when they were end of a year. Oh, yeah. They played Santa of Fear 2006, and I know that that was a, a set that, like, really got them pretty pretty known. Because mm. everyone was like, dude, it was such a nice change of pace. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Title Fight also playing Santa of Fear sure, was like, yeah. another big one. So, <clears throat> I think there's something to be said for, for being a little different. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What about touring internationally for the first time? Like, uh, I was that that wasn't anything that that thriller or anything like that. Got to oh do. hell like, no! Yeah, yeah. yeah like this no. was yeah. Tucha was the kind of first band where you got to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and it's funny. Like I, I still get chills when we go somewhere we've never been before. Yeah, where, where English isn't the you know. The, the primary language and mm. there's people singing along or I mean going, honestly going anywhere far away and having anyone sing along it's yeah like, it's it's still absurd to me it's still very flat you know like it's one of those things that I don't think I, I will ever take for granted like I to play this kind of music and to, and to sing these sorts of lyrics and things like that like it might seem counterproductive to be smiling when you're on stage but like yeah. it, it, I can't help it a lot you know I'm just like this is it's it's really really been a, a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, for sure. So, what was the what was the first international thing you did? Um, well, for, you, you down yeah, in Canada? Yeah, Canada, <laughs> like, and it's one of those you're like, yeah, it's not that. I mean, it is, but it isn't. But uh, yeah, it was it was uh, Europe. We did a, a European tour, and I think one of the first shows we played was in uh, Budapest in Hungary. And, wow! And I was like, so I, like I mean, I was. I come from a family that that never really left California. Like my dad took us to Washington mm. when I was like twelve. Yeah, and I just never like I I didn't long for traveling because it never felt like a thing that would happen. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I didn't like I didn't have these dreams of like seeing places because it just seemed out of reach for me. So mm. it never felt like a thing I should I should concern myself with. Mm. Like, I'd, I'd always be like, yeah, I'd love to see London. Like, I would love to see it, but, like, it's just not in my price range. It's yeah. not in my life, you know? So, uh, like, I was raised by a single mom, so, like, and it was me and my brother, so, like, it just, she worked all the time, and, you know, we ate uh, a lot of fast food and like, yeah. whatever, and that was it, and that was life. Um, so, getting to, like, go to Europe and play, and I'll, the point of what I was saying is, if you were to ask me to point out Hungary on a, like, Budapest on a map, on a globe, I'd be like, I have no idea where this yeah. is, and now I'm getting to play there, right? Yeah. So, like, I, playing this show and having a bunch of people sing along in Budapest, Hungary, I was just like, I don't know what my what life fuck? is. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I, it was intoxicating, and it was, uh, it was, uh, something that became very addicting very fast, where it, it just sort of gets in your head, where you're like, we have to go everywhere now. Yeah, you're at that point now where you've got at least, you know, a, a, some degree of following in a lot of different places. You mentioned that first time and it being a really kind of surreal experience. How do you guys handle that now? Like, you guys are on tour, like, most of the year, like, when you're in a cycle of an album. It can take a lot out of you, but, like, is there still something that's still driving this band, which is just like, you know, this is this is what we get to do. We get to go and see, you know, this entire chunk of the world, you know, all the back of one rock and roll record, you know? Yeah. I don't know what still drives us. I think it's, a, I mean, I'm being totally honest. Like, I think, yeah, it's, sure. I think it's a mix of, of 
comforts of just like this is what we do and it's yeah. and it you know you don't want to ever say that something is a job but like mm. it kind of is a job yeah it's like it's a it's a it's a labor of love mm. you know it's like it's we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it and yeah find joy in it it's almost like it's just a train that's just on the tracks mm. you know what i'm saying Where yeah for sure it just feels like okay like yeah we have all these tours and then the tours will end and then we'll go home and we'll relax and then we'll probably get another tour offer or maybe we'll talk about writing and then yeah, yeah. and then we'll start the whole thing over again and yeah. then get on a new track and yeah. see, where, see where that takes us um it is nice to play new places though which is which has become rarer yeah uh we just got to play portugal for the first time and, oh, wow. and that was a place that i never thought we'd get to see what was that like it was really really fun it was beautiful there yeah. lisbon was really really fun porto was okay but lisbon was like but both were beautiful places, and everybody was just so nice. We'd only ever played a festival in Spain, and we just got to play another festival in Spain, plus a club show in Barcelona. So oh, cool. It was nice to, like, do something new. And we also... Yeah. It's funny, we're from Southern California, we'd never been to Mexico, which is bizarre. Oh, shit, yeah. So we just played Mexico City and Guadalajara. Wow. Which was also really, really good. So, yeah, there's... It's nice when there can be new changes and new things in your life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, So we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests. Now it's your turn, young man. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played. Best and worst shows ever played? Oh my god. Doesn't have to be a touche show, it can be any time across (laughs) the entire run of, of you playing music. I mean, there are some thriller shows that were so soul crushing. Soul <laughs> crunching. I remember we played. This is, I mean, this is just the first thing that came to my mind, but I know there's definitely going to be worse ones and that I'll think of probably later. Uh, there's this venue uh, that still exists that Thriller, I mean, that, that Touche has now come back to. Oh, and, really? And it, and it was like a very like life affirming thing to have a good show at the spot. Uh, but it was in Gainesville, Florida, um, which is where the fest is. Uh, it's called The venue's called The Atlantic. And right. Thriller played there to the bartender the sound guy and three college bros that came walking in as we started playing oh boy so we're playing to like these three guys so we we have to keep these three guys in the room right and our singer kevin makes a joke he goes he says like like Man, Gainesville on a Tuesday night. Who knew we'd have a sold-out crowd? Something stupid like that. Mm. And one of the bros just goes, It's fucking summer, you dick! And then they all walk out. The three of them walk out, and it was just like... Dude, do, do we even keep playing? Like, we literally... Yeah. So then, uh, the made it, what truly made it soul-crushing was walking out after we played, and then the quote-unquote promoter uh, coming up to us, handing us a $5 bill, and then taking out a piece of paper to explain he goes let me explain to you why you're making five dollars tonight oh no and i just told him to keep it and to buy himself mcdonald's <laughs> and that was it that was one of the worst oh man. that was definitely one of the worst shows touche's about to work by the end of this year we'll be almost at 1,000 shows oh wow yeah. holy shit we're we're actually trying to make it so that because February 16th, 2018 will be the 10-year anniversary of our very first show. Oh, wow. So we're going to try to line it up to where we play our thousandth show on the 10-year anniversary. Oh, huge. Yeah. Is that is that house still going? 
Damn. No, I wish, I wish it was. I wish, definitely. <laughs> that a, one would have been full circle. Yeah, hey. definitely a, a nice family is living there. Um, <laughs> Snuck uh, in the door. Hey, yeah. um, <laughs> funny story. Yeah, funny story. Can you let a bunch of sweaty kids in here? Um, best show is hard. Uh, I'll think of one in recent memory. Um, playing, this one I, I feel like I, I always kind of come back to. We played a festival called Fluff Fest in the Czech Republic. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was our first time in Europe. Yeah. And it's this very DIY festival that somehow runs with no sponsors. Mm. It's run by, like, genuine punk kids. And it's done well. And you would think that this would be a thing that wouldn't happen because, you know, the money involved and, yeah, and, the, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the process of setting these things up. So we we play this beautiful outdoor festival. To yeah. Like, I think there's, like, 3,000 kids. Mm. For, like, a DIY festival, that's a lot of people. And... Uh, you know, it's like overlooking. We played the sunset. It's gorgeous, and uh, there's no barrier, and the set is just wild. And it's just kids going so crazy. And we're in fucking we're in the Czech Republic. Like Fuck what the hell? We're so, here. Yeah. So that so that to me will always be one of those like really life affirming sort of moments. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so the album stage four it is uh, out still. <laughs> out still. Yeah, yeah. They have I believe it's still gonna be out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, it was generally one of my favorite records of last year, man. And I'm really excited to get to hear these songs live for the first oh, I time. I appreciate that. Thank Absolute you. Absolute pleasure. Um, is there anything you would like to share, plug, spook, say? Have we met in person before? Once. Were you wearing that shirt? I was. <laughs> That's why I brought it. And because Nick designed the logo. Yeah, but yeah. he wasn't there at the time. Okay, have yeah. you seen him yet today? Yeah, he's he, he clocked me up earlier on. Okay, did you, did you talk about the shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second he saw it, he was like, I designed that shirt. I was like, I know. Jeremy pointed it out when we uh, saw you at the Annandale in 2012. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was at that point where he wasn't touring with you guys because like, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. just working so much. Sure. So, yeah, I think this is going to be one of my first times seeing him like play with you guys oh, okay. I think so that's so funny it's, yeah. yeah like when I met you out front I was like that's got it like who else also has that shirt yeah. that I, I got show? like that was the thing I got this shirt on eBay for like 10 bucks yeah I had no idea it had any connection to you guys I wore it to the show you stopped the set, set ugh, you stopped the set about halfway through and you were just like you I need to take a photo of this shirt. I was like, uh, okay. And he's just like, oh, it's it's nothing weird. Like, shirt's awesome. Our guitarist is on that shirt. I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those listening, he's wearing a share t-shirt. I sure am. I'll, I'll, I'll provide a picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one of those funny things I feel like square peg in a round hole where it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, share. Connection yeah, to two shade and somehow. <laughs> Who'd have known? Who'd have Who'd known? known? Yeah. Not me. Not yeah. me when I was Not fucking that. 21 seeing Touche at a show on Saturday afternoon, November go. 2012. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, an absolute pleasure, Jeremy. Best yeah. of luck with the rest of the tour. Appreciate it. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are